Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Get it to center. It's turned over. Here's Thompson with a partial break. Tate Thompson to the net. Scores! Tate Thompson with the strip and the finish to tie the game at one with 40.9 seconds remaining in the second period. That was the only goal in Buffalo's 3-1 loss to Pittsburgh last night as they are now 2-2 two two in the preseason. Welcome into the Friday edition of Sabres Live. It is the All We Ever Do Is Talk edition. That's a nod to Delwater Gap's latest album, which dropped today. Um, and speaking of dropping, I am in utter amazement at the uh, headgear being worn by you today, Marty. Uh, if you are lucky enough to be watching on MSG right now, you can see that I'm sporting a hockey player made in balloons, and this was the work of Mr. No, the balloon guy. If you're from Buffalo, and especially from Tonawanda, North Tonawanda, these areas, you know exactly who Mr. No, the clown, but more the balloon guy is. And I was at an event yesterday for City Year and New York Life uh, had me over, and they um, basically swore in 11 uh, members to their um, core group this year, AmeriCorps, that are going to serve help in classroom. And I was there to say a little word, but right before I did that, I walked over to this balloon guy, and I'm like, you can't make a hockey player. He goes, I can. And then he whipped that baby up. I mean, this thing is awesome. Why don't you lean in towards the camera so people at home get a way better look at just the... Uh, now, some uh, people say it looks like all, a monkey, but it, it doesn't. It, there have been multiple... More and more people are saying, actually, that it does look like a monkey. I'm just thrilled that it's a right shot monkey because that's right in my wheelhouse. So I feel like I can relate here to this... Uh, creation's ability on I think his, that uh, you know. what is even better is the nose. I mean, I'm going yeah, to try to. I thought it was a playoff beard. Right here. This <clears throat> nose is like he just got punched like Rob Ray too many times, and the nose mm-hmm. just ballooned up. I love it. No pun intended. What uh, you're at, that's actually really funny because you don't drop a lot of puns. Because I, typically. I, I because, don't master the language Because you don't to master do the language, so you very rarely put yourself out there. That's yeah. actually hilarious. No, it, it oh. is definitely something that I think about when I hear people using that term and you know, making play on words. I'm like, oh, that was good, mm-hmm. but I never think about no, it. No, but it would actually be funnier if you tried more often because we would have way more Dude, to I would laugh butcher at. these I know, puns that's the so badly, so badly. Okay. But anyway. It's a Friday. Shana Goldman's going to join us at yes. the bottom of the 
of the hour. We so have anyway, Mr. Know the Balloon Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the guy's awesome for your birthday party needs uh, or any event. Oh, Saber birthdays from uh, years gone. By. Well, not Saber's I, alumni birthdays later on in the show. We'll dive into that. I'm going to take it but, off uh, my head because it actually is. It was meant to go around my whole face, but yep. the string was a little short, maybe more for like a two year old. Mm-hmm. So now it's digging in my forehead. But yeah. Well, it's quite a day for show and tell. Uh, stay with us. Eric Comrie is going to join us for that. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, including Eric's performance last night against Pittsburgh. But also just kind of the, um, oh, no, now he's a left shot monkey. Well, I know. I'm going to make him a goalie. This is really amazing for the radio audience, let me tell I you. I know, but look, I got, I got him as a goalie now. This is perfect. Oh, my gosh, you did it. So I did it. He's, he's the goalie monkey. The balloon manipulator, Marty Baron. This is impressive. Okay, last night, what's your one? Look at the crowd is coming by, and I'm waving it to the crowd. Sorry, radio audience. Balloon is off the table, and we're focusing on the games now. Let's go. There's clearly no focus, and that's okay. <laughs> what's your takeaway from last night? Well, I, so... People were asking me yesterday, what do you think is going to happen tonight? And, and the easy answer was they're going to be chasing the puck a lot. They're going to be chasing because mm. Pittsburgh has their full lineup. Yep. And I'll tell you this. Yeah, there was some, you know, Don Granato said after the game, there was some moments in the games where, especially with some of the younger guys, like we made some mistakes and whatnot, but I really felt like there was a pushback. And one that instead of saying it's preseason game number four and we're playing in Pittsburgh against everybody in their lineup and we don't have our full lineup, so woe me, right? That was not woe me. It wasn't woe me from the defense. It wasn't woe me from Eric Comrie. It wasn't woe me from Tage Thompson. It wasn't woe me from anybody, I thought, which is exactly what a coaching staff and an organization want to see. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to be – how many times do you hear that during a season? They had so many injuries and they kept working. They kept plugging along. Mm -hmm. And the good teams do that. The bad teams say – we lost 400 guys, uh, men, guys, men games or whatever, and we could never recover. Well, that's your problem, but there's teams that overcome that. And I felt like last night was one of those signs that the team has the depth and can definitely just say it's a game and we're as good as you are. Thompson with the only goal, the power play went 0 for 4. There were some definite missed opportunities in there. Um, and unfortunately, at the end, it was just a little mishandled by Tage, and it led you know, to an O'Connor's empty netter. Yeah. Uh, I would say this, to your point about if you're projecting this type of game into the regular season, I would say that a loss like last night would really, really, really sting because I think it was a clear example that those are the types of games you have to get a single point out yes. of. When you play as well as they did and were afforded the opportunities that they had with the extra man. And even though they're younger, they had enough skilled forwards to make some plays and take advantage. I think, especially after all we ended up having to focus on last year, which in large part was that eight-game stretch without a single point earned, that's where you look at last night, especially within the conference, that you were close enough, and Comrie certainly played well enough, that you, you, you'd want yeah. to be walking away with a point. We are there. going to talk to Eric Comrie yeah. here in a few minutes, which uh, we're really looking forward to it. But, but when you think of his play, uh, but only that, like Pittsburgh is a team where early in the summer I said, well, Pittsburgh is most likely to miss the playoffs for a second consecutive year, in mm-hmm. my opinion, when I looked at the Eastern Conference. And yeah. then they make the trade for Eric Carlson. They re-sign Tristan Jari. And it's like, okay, now maybe Pittsburgh is going to be in the picture with the Metropolitan Division. You know, you got... 
the Rangers, you got the Carolina Hurricanes, you got the New Jersey Devils. Who's that fourth team? Is it the New York Islanders? Is it Pittsburgh? But what you send... All of the that, above. Yeah, all of the above. What message you sent yes, yesterday in a, in a preseason game, but it's, hey... We're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you think that you got Eric Carlson and you're going to be doing fine? You know what? We're going to be there. We're going to be right ahead of you or chasing you, and we will not stop. I think that was a great statement game, even in the loss. And it's preseason, so we don't care about the points. But mm-hmm. in the regular season settings, I think this game would probably have gone a different way because of the rosters. But also, I think that was a great message sent. Obviously, the inexperience was largely on the blue line yes. from a Sabre standpoint last night. Ultimately, the shots were 30 to 25. I don't want to get too deep into the statistical layers of last night because I think I think there was an awful lot that was inaccurate based on Again. the, the real time statistics that were floating about throughout the course of the game. So, I, I'll, I'll I mean, seriously, I'll, now, Duffer. Sorry for interrupting you, but I, I watch baseball game, and as soon as the guy hits the ball, it comes on the screen. It says. Launch angle, exit velocity, yeah. like uh, distance, right? Mm-hmm. In football, they have these stats of catch probability. And even last night, I'm watching the Mariners and the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. right? And the Mariners guy hits a double to end the game. And at first, they said, you know what? That may have been a catchable ball for yeah. the left fielder. And then, you know what? Within seconds, they're like, oh, catch probability, catch probability was 5%. So, yeah, no, no, it wasn't a catchable. I'm like, within seconds, Love they had that. a catch probability. And we can't get, we can't we get can't, a, a we primary can't, assist. We Come can't on. get a primary assist. We can't keep track of ice time. And that's where and it was clear. They, uh, Ryan, Johnson was, Ryan Johnson was 13 minutes in the first period last no. night. It's like, no, it was not 13 minutes. No. And So, anyway, that's an ongoing frustration that I hope over the course of time, we'll improve here within the league and real-time data and player oh, man. tracking. I can't and wait until like we get so. all of that. Like when Tage scores and they come up and they say this was, and I know we get that in a certain aspect, but we don't get it in real time. If we could say that had a three percent chance of going in and, at that moment, but even just to you know put things into proper context, which is, I think is where we're going to get this year with NHL stats because of player tracking, and this is the hope, is putting it into context not only within Sabres games this year, like, hey, Tage just ripped one on the power play. That's the hardest shot we've seen from a Sabre this year. And it's indisputable, right? We'll have the evidence, but also put it into context because we've been, you know, seeing examples of player speed and things like that. But the game is in such short bursts. It really doesn't matter if somebody is skating at 23 or 22 and a half. And guess what? That's like more than half of the NHLPA membership is in the same window Absolutely. and able to do that. Absolutely. But when you can put it into context as far as distance traveled and say, this is the fastest we have seen somebody go in a 100-foot burst on an odd man rush, something like that. I know it sounds complicated, but what we need within the game is way more well, context, I- and we're not going to get there until we get the basics How many covered, times- which is not clearly the case on many How many nights. times this year with Eddie, Eddie De La Cruz, a shortstop with the Cincinnati Reds, right? Mm-hmm. And he throws the ball to first base, and they're like, that throw from short to first was 103 miles an hour. Amazing, That's the, right? the fastest assist we've ever seen, mm-hmm. and he has had like four of those this year. Right? Yeah. I would like to see 
that pass from Dalene to Thompson was so fast mm-hmm. to a certain extent, like was a 65 miles an hour pass. That's the highest pass that's been converted to a goal this year because it's hard to catch a pass that's fast right. and to shoot at the same time. And again, and, that, and you need to know that information. And, and the reason it's relatable, and and I know part of where I, I get it. Like I understand where people would say, "Oh, it's just clutter. You don't want to be." you know, adding way too much here and making it hard to understand. Here's my base for all of this. To this day, as sports consumers, we are still fascinated by 100-mile-an-hour slap shots, 100-mile-an-hour pitches, speed of a tennis serve, speed of a thrown lacrosse ball. Correct? Fastest skater. That's why it's one of the best uh, thing in the All-Star game. So when you can put into context something we've never been able to put into context before, Mm -hmm. but make it relatable. Most people know, because of driving, what it's like to drive 55, 65, or in certain states, 75 or 80, based on the speed limit. But when you can put that into context with a pass that was made at that speed, it's relatable. It's it's not overdoing it for a consumer. It's actually making it more relatable, and that's what I'm... And and again, what your your point was is that if you tell me today that Tage Thompson's shot was 100 miles an hour, but you don't have an idea, and if we never knew that... The hardest slap shots at the All-Star game were 105, 106 in a control setting. We wouldn't know what Tate Thompson 100 miles an hour would mean. Right. But if you have now, and if you can keep track of those, in 20 years from now, right, we're going to have a guy that's going to shoot, uh, it's going to score 10 goals at 112 miles an hour. We're going to say, you know what, 10 years ago, that same person was shooting 102. Mm-hmm. It's gone up 10 miles in 10 years or whatnot. Why is that? Sticks, equipment, whatever. Like, There's a way to be able to tell a story. Yes. It's not just putting numbers on the screen and say, here you go, we gave you numbers. It's about being able to explain the game that changes why a guy like Tate Thompson at six foot seven, and uh, you know his stick and his strength, why he has a different skill set than a... Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what people want to know. Like, it's not just putting a number on the screen. It's actually explaining the number. Yes, but there's nothing quite like the experience in person, regardless oh. of the numbers that are floating around. And we can't wait to see you in the building for the home opener. That's when the Sabres start authoring this season, the 23-24 campaign. The home opener is presented by the BFLO Store. You can join us Thursday, October 12th. Sabres hosting the Rangers at 7. Don't miss the pregame party in the plaza starting at 4 when the Sabres players arrive on the blue and gold carpet heading into the game. And, of course, along with the City of Buffalo Common Council, we'll be revealing the trailblazing street sign dedicated to Rick Jenneret. More details to come, so stay tuned for that at Sabres.com. For home opener tickets, visit Sabres.com slash tickets. Of course, a lot of talk. Sabres are back on the ice today. Um, we have seen some really good performances throughout the preseason in between uh, the pipes, including another one last night from Eric Comrie. Eric, it's great to see you. Welcome in. Uh, I feel like you've been getting a lot of media attention lately. How are you handling that? How's uh, preseason been for you so far? It's been great so far. Uh, I feel like the team's doing really well. I feel like I'm going to adjust you. Yeah, oh, adjust me. Going. Is it better? Oh, oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's a lot better. That's now you can hear me. The voice is yeah, so good. Yeah, I know. So crisp, okay, okay. yeah. No, but the team's coming together right now. We're playing really well. I think Donnie has us really committing to uh, a little bit more details, and it's doing a really good job for us. You said something, I believe it's yesterday. You feel... Night and day different than last year in training camp. How come? 
I think I was talking about earlier today, actually, too, is just the, um, uh, I think I put a little bit of pressure on myself last year to come in there. I got a new contract. I was like, okay, I've always been the kind of guy that battling for the position, never really ever given a position before. It's a whole different mindset. So I kind of went in there going, okay, I got to hold this position. I got to hold it. And the anxiety kind of built. I put a lot of pressure on myself to go out there and do really well early. And I think this year I'm just coming in with the same old mindset that I've had my whole career, just going out there and be myself every single day, enjoy it, and just kind of play it and let everything take care of itself. And I think that's uh, it's been kind of a big adjustment for me, but a really good thing for me right now. What, um, what have you noticed on ice behind the group of players, which is, of course, dramatically different night in, night out in the preseason? But you've already mentioned the coaching staff, so I'm curious what little nuances and things you might be seeing from the group in front of you. I mean, first of all, I think that our management here has done an unbelievable job of acquiring assets because you see every single night, doesn't matter who we go. We went to Pittsburgh last night, and we kind of had a younger roster against their full team, and we put a great performance up last night. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a testament to the amount of talent and the amount of young guys we have in this uh, organization. It's a, something to be very proud of, and I'm really happy to be part of that because, I mean, the way they can evaluate and seek talent here is special because, I mean, it doesn't matter who we have in our lineup. It's, we have a talented, talented roster, and I think – Donnie's done a really good job of just making sure that we're sticking to the details. Everything's correct. Um, like we talked about last, like a lot about, it's not about we defended poorly last year. He said it's just sometimes our details weren't always in the sh- uh, weren't always sharpest. And I think right now he's doing a really good job of just making sure that we're sharp on the details and really strict and just making sure everything is correct. Um, so last year you discussed like I felt like you played really well early and then the injury and it was kind of a, trying to catch up in a perfect storm of all of that. First of all, physically, how are you feeling? And two, like you talked about the mindset different from last year to this year, but is there anything specific that you prepared this summer, like, um, you know, your, your technique or your, your, your certain plays that you worked on this summer to make sure that you were at your best? Uh, I mean, I did a lot more goalie skates this summer, which definitely helped, I thought, a lot. I mean, last year, I think the year before, it was we didn't have a ton of ice, so we couldn't do as many goalie-specific skates, mm-hmm. so I was doing more, like, player skates so this summer i really so made you were a target you're i was like a target a yeah, yeah, you're a shooter shooter. exactly so this summer i was like <laughs> man did i hate those days <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so this summer i'm like no i need to have at least once a week and then five then i'd have my goalie coach flying from Kelowna, and we do five days a week five straight ice sessions or just okay. goalie session then at least once or twice a week i'd have just straight goalie work where i'd go in the ice making sure my technique was solid okay. making sure my foundation was correct making sure that everything i did was positionally sound and it, was, it kind of made a big difference for me because i was like went from just like not just like all scrambly stuff to more like just like technical okay this is what we're gonna do here this is what we're gonna do here and it kind of quieted my mind a little bit and my, my worked out as hard as i could of the summer i mean i did a really good job in the gym this year i think my i mean my explosiveness is a lot better my strength is a lot better and i grew my hair a little bit too so that changed yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. now did it, did it, did it i was gonna say it won't affect your body fat but yeah you know we talked to alex stock actually i talked to alex like he was filling in for duffer <laughs> that day he said he came by the way as, by the way he would do a great job he can talk for days oh yeah, yeah. He did a great says job. this guy <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. i can talk for days too yeah, yeah yeah but he said he came in at like 6.8 body fat like he'd never been that lean and i said it's because he tipped a the, the medical guys exactly. last year. Exactly. Um, how did that, like, work out? Did you put on weight? Did you trip I, yeah. out? How no, did that work out? I put on a lot of weight for sure. I put on, I think I came in seven pounds heavier. So okay. that's kind of what I wanted to do. Muscle, I muscle. Muscle, yeah, yeah, yes, muscle, okay. muscle. I didn't quite tip him as much as Tucky, apparently, for the body fat percentage. <laughs> 
but still, it still it wasn't six point. It wasn't six point eight, but it was good enough. It wasn't quite. I didn't. I guess I got to tip him a little more next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find out how much he gave him. <laughs> definitely got to find oh, out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where was the training, Irvine? All in Irvine, yeah. yeah. Actually, Did you yeah. see Ryan Johnson out there? I ski with RJ all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's yeah. the best. He's yeah. the. He's the how, what have you seen from Yanni. him? Ba- no, Yanni. Yes, Yanni is his nickname. Now, well, RJ, Yanni, R- whatever. See, I call yeah. him RJ. And so does Don Granado, yeah, too. See, and, yeah. I, yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I just call him RJ from uh, California. That's where everyone calls him California. Cause oh, okay. Because, see, his dad actually runs a lot of the skates. So you can't Johnny because it's kind of confusing. So you exactly. have CJ and RJ now. So that's, okay, so, that's kind of yeah. how it Johnny, goes. Johnny, Yanni doesn't so, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably nothing surprises you with him, no. but. He's been really good, has he's, he not? Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've been trying to like, yeah. we like push him into the conversation every time we're, yeah, oh yeah. we're recapping a game, and I just think there's such a calmness yeah. and I don't know a poise so, to his game. You see it every single day in the summer, though. But you, you don't just see that, but you see the work. You see, mm-hmm. he's the first one out there in the skates with it, working with his dad and just doing certain specific D drills, making sure that he gets those in. Then he's going right to the gym after, working out extremely hard after with a very good trainer down in California. And then he's staying out later. Like he's skating as much as he possibly can. Wow. He's very committed to his craft. And he, I don't, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to the guy, but he is just one of the best, nicest human beings ever made. Yeah, Marty, had, Marty had yeah, a great chat with him last week. He was a duffer yeah. fill-in lad. The yeah, week yeah. that duffer <laughs> was under the weather, and that's perfect. So The only thing is, he's not quite as much of a talker as Tucky or myself. So he might not, have been, but he, he was pretty good. He was pretty I, I good. Really, yeah. really good. He was really good. Yeah. But Marty can carry conversation. You I, can, you I turned my best, but I was stressed. I was really stressed. The anxiety to try to like fill in all that airtime. Um, but he was great. But you want to do show and tell well, now? Well, a couple things. Okay. So that's where we learned about Yanni. His, his nickname was on that card that you guys all carried the first yeah, day yeah. training camp. Yeah, I didn't camp. know that. So for a lot of people, we found out about something new for you, too, yes. is that your wife got pregnant and yeah. you guys are expecting. Expecting, yeah. In a few weeks now. It's, it's no, getting close. November 16th, so we're right okay. away here. We're, we're very excited. Congratulations. We're, we're a little bit nervous. Yes. Yeah, and... The baby girl, so that's a little bit scary too. So we're not quite. Sure, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Well, first here. Guy, we have five daughters, but <laughs> yeah, 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 so we're good. So, yeah. yeah, so we need a little experience here, a little bit of uh, pep talk for that. But we're really excited. I mean, every single day we got a new Amazon package coming to the door. I'm like, oh, I guess we need diapers. Oh, I guess we need this. Oh, I guess. all I know is I think the Amazon driver knows us by name now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. that's good. good. That's yeah. good. And then we have show and tell here. On Sabres Live, and if you're listening on WGR, then go back because we'll clip it, put it on social media. But Duffer's been doing some cleaning of his, like, hockey memorabilia and his box of papers and whatever. And so my NHL draft was the first year that Duffer worked at a draft. He was working in Edmonton at the really? time. Mm-hmm. So he came up this morning and brought the Edmonton Journal, Daily Journal, is that what it is? Yeah, Edmonton Journal. Edmonton Journal from Sunday, July 9th, 1995. The draft was on July 8th. Um, you were born on the 6th. The 6th, yeah. Three days before I was drafted, you were born. In Edmonton. So I was in Edmonton. Edmonton. I was being born and you were probably partying in Edmonton. We don't I- have the birth <laughs> announcement because that's the sports paper. Yeah. But at some point in there, it would say... On July 6th, was born a 7 pounds, 2 ounces. Yeah, how, how, what was your weight? I, I wasn't that big, actually. You put on 7 pounds this year. I, I think pounds. that's a baby yeah, weight. Yeah, but so it's funny because I wasn't that big. My wife was born bigger, but now our baby is, like, apparently massive. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I mean, like, massive. So I'm like, uh-oh, this is going to be a big baby. So she's a little scared right now. Yeah. So, I, so this is kind of funny because we were reading this article how the Edmonton Oilers picked Steve Kelly as their number one pick. Mm-hmm. But they passed on 
local product, Shane Doan, who was drafted later by the Winnipeg Jets. That was a big story. That was also the year that Alex Alex McGillie was traded to Vancouver. Michael Pekka, Mike Wilson, and a first-round pick came to Buffalo. So how long were you in Edmonton? I was there for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. And my brother played there. I mean, almost the whole yeah. time oh, I was yeah. there. Yeah. 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 He was, he was, uh, he was a pretty good player there. He was yes, a really was. good player. Yeah. Actually, I played Speaking with a lot of, of McGillney those. and the number. Yeah. 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 89. Not, yeah. not many. I mean, how many guys have worn that A number? I mean, Tucky, McGillney. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. No, I think. That's yeah. pretty much it. But yeah. I remember playing with your brother at the World Championship and Steve Steos, who was just announced as president of Hockey Op with the Ottawa Senators. Ryan Smith. A lot of Edmonton Oilers got to play in the World Championship because they didn't make the playoffs, but they were good players. Oh, and by the way, I mean, Mike's a pretty fun guy to hang around in. We had a good time in Finland. (laughs) I would Uh, like to hear some of those stories. Yes, I I had a good time. And then years later, I ran into your brother Mike at the urinal in, at the time, Staples Center between the Rangers and the LA Kings finals. I was working on HL Network, and the bathroom in the rank was the closest. I'm there. I look over, and there's your brother Mike that's standing right next to me. I'm like, we hadn't seen each other in maybe like six, seven years. How was he doing that? How was he looking? He was looking really good. Looking lean, eh? He was there. He was there with uh, his then um, wife, who, you know, Hillary. Yeah, Hillary. Yeah, yeah. uh, They were there for the game, and. Um, so it was kind of funny. I walked back into the van with all with Kevin Weeks and those guys. I'm like, guys, I just ran into my comedy in the bathroom. <laughs> By the way, there's uh, MC's got some stories. I'm sure that oh, you could yeah. you could tell you could share. Oh, it was, he, but what a player! Oh, what he was a, a good player. He's, I mean, does he go on the ice with you? Sometimes? Not his hips aren't very good. He plays yeah. a lot, he plays a lot of tennis now though, and you should see because really? you know how good his hands yeah. were. You should see how good his hands are at the net. It's unbelievable. Oh, wow. Good I mean, doubles partner. Oh, Can't great, move great much, doubles but partner. Like great great doubles partner. But you should, I mean, some of his hands, his moves were unbelievable. Like, his around the world. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen some of his goals. I mean, against when he was in the Islanders, around the world was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Was he was insane. part of the famous Ottawa brawl. He yeah, was, yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, with Jason Spezza. and Danny Heatley when the thing went down. Adam Mayer. Yeah, he was like, "I got you, I got yeah. you, and I got you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, awesome. though, you would—you'd be surprised by his stature. He's not a big guy, but he mm-hmm. had put up a few fights in the NHL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He fought a lot more than you he's think. A he was bulldog. He yeah. was strong. Like yeah. he's—I yeah. mean, he's—he's he's a tough little bugger. I'll tell you that. I don't—I I was. You don't want to take you. So, we, one summer we did have a little boxing competition. Let's just put it this way: I didn't last very long against <laughs> MC. I was—I they rang the bell pretty early. Oh gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> hey, great stopping by. Thank you. Continued success here in camp, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. He is a wonderful talker, and we're so happy that he joined us today. That's Eric Comrie, and the Sabers, of course, are getting. That much closer to the start of the regular season. We mentioned it earlier, the home opener is October 12th, but we got theme nights all throughout the year. And, you know, one thing that we don't often talk about, and you can head to sabers.com to get the single-game tickets now, is just how organizationally players included have embraced the theme nights, you know, and yeah. whether it's like high school hockey day and guys walking in with the local jerseys and stuff like that. So all the theme nights are available at sabers.com. We encourage you to, you know, um, latch on to those special nights beyond the entirety of the season that we're talking about this year. Boy, is Eric an awful lot of fun, but holy cow, have you been treading dangerously this year with your phrasing with Brandon Byro earlier in the week and now with the uh, urinal discussion with Eric's brother. So I'm an open book. Like You, you want to know, like, that's where we met. That's where we saw each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of other stories. You want to but... know my urinal story with a famous hockey player? Oh, I think I may have known You probably that. know this. 
Yeah, Mike Felino. Mike Felino, that's yeah. right. I was in college and was at the Fox and Firkin, which is a bar, was a bar on Electric Avenue after watching Buffalo and Calgary play. Next thing you know, I'm standing next to Mike Felino at the urinal and proceed to tell him that my mom is a huge fan. And he looks at me and goes, what's your mom's name? I said, Margaret. He goes, you tell Margaret I said hello. <laughs> Hey, Mom, I, I was talking about you at the urinals today. That's a great conversation starter. Unbelievable. I'll tell you this, though, and because we pointed out the newspaper that you brought, the Edmonton yes. Journal, I've, I've been enjoying, by the way, for those on MSG, this is old school. The oh, uh, stats yeah. page. Tilt in it the, forward just oh, a bit. There you go. The stats page in the, um, in the Edmonton Journal, the box scores from the July 8th event. nothing like event. it, man. It's just like when I was a kid. And funny enough, we were talking about off-air, about how if there was late games, like mm. they wouldn't not go to print because they had to go to print, and you wouldn't get the results from the late games, so you'd get them two days later. Yeah. And you could, Tony Gwynn had a good night with the San Diego Padres against the Houston Astros. Two for four on that night. Probably didn't strike out. He didn't strike out many times. The Expos had lost to uh, the Rockies 8-3 that day as well. Oh, imagine this. Our next guest, young Shanna Goldman, probably never quite knew the experience of picking up the sports section, looking for late-game box scores. No, she didn't. And no. she would have loved it. Right. Knowing her, she yes. would have been like doing our own statistical yes. like, analysis next to it. Yeah. She would have been staying up late anyway, figuring out. Uh, she would have had the old-school satellite dish. Right? The one the size of what NASA would use when it's in their backyard. I did find out that she was born in 1993, according to... Uh, Two years before Comrie? I, I believe so. Wow. All right. Well, we'll have to keep tabs on her birthday. We'll have Sabre birthday greetings a little later on in the show. Sabres, of course, back in preseason action tomorrow right here at KeyBank Center. Three o'clock afternoon start against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Guess where you can see it, Marty? On Sabres.com? Sabres.com, yes. And you'll also be able to hear it on WGR. No, my bad. Like, my repeated bad yesterday. So if you didn't see the game on MSG yesterday, my fault. Anyway, we're back after this with Shayna Goldman. We can promise that, I think. Stay with us. It's Sabres Live. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Rolling right along here on a Friday on Sabres Live. Sabres preseason continues tomorrow. It's game five. They're two and two so far. They get the Jackets here at KeyBank Center. It's a 3 p.m. start. Catch it on WGR Sports Radio 550 and Sabres.com. And, of course, the roster is uh, going to be whittled down significantly by the time we return to the airwaves next Tuesday here on Sabres Live. But in between now and then, there are significant decisions to be made, not only organizationally here in Buffalo, but across the league, and perhaps no place more significantly than that of Tampa Bay. Shana Goldman from The Athletic, as you join us here on a Friday, who is going to be the goaltender on opening night for the Lightning now that Andre Vasilevsky is out for up to 10 weeks with a back procedure? The Lightning have to hope it's anyone but Jonas Johansson. And I know that sounds really <laughs> harsh. Um, look, this is a goalie that, if I remember correctly, two years ago, a general manager was saying he's like the worst, or a coach was saying he's the worst goalie in the league. It's really, really, really tough. He's coming off a better year last year with Colorado, and I think that shows, hey, if you put him in the right position to succeed instead of on a struggling team, that can all work out just fine. But the Lightning, you've seen them take so many hits in recent years. You know, because they've had to make these subtractions and going into the year, there's so many questions on defense. Is Victor Hedman going to be Victor Hedman? Can Sergachev handle that tougher workload? And how much of a downgrade did the Lightning just go from Ian Cole to Calvin DeHaan? But you don't want to have question marks in net. So I think it they might be stuck with Johansson playing a chunk of games, but ideally they're going to find someone cheap to help them because moving forward with him as a starter for two months, it doesn't take him out of the playoff race, but it really drops their chances. I think it was a... 13% swing, according to Dom Lushishin's model, but I, I have to double-check those numbers. How cheap is cheap? And I'm only saying that because the Lightning were already, according to Cap Friendly, almost $7 million over the cap. Now they get a $9.5 million release uh, from that. So is, is are they using the full $2.5 million? Are they using a $1 million? Like, there's a different variety of goaltenders you can go and look for. Uh, if you're looking to spend 900000 or $2 million, like what's cheap for you? I don't think they can go the full $2 million because I think then they leave themselves zero options just in case someone else you know, gets hurt. Then you're going to have that situation where they can't afford an emergency recall and things like that. Nobody wants that in the beginning of the year. You can't lose the playoffs in the beginning of the year, but you can sure dig yourself a hole. That is very challenging to get out of, especially in the Atlantic when you have all these up-and-coming teams around them. So... If I'm Tampa, I'm thinking 1.5 max, but I probably want to keep it to that 1 million range. And there are some options out there, right? In the free agency world, Yaroslav Flock is not signed. Brian Elliott, who was their backup last year, is not signed. Are they ideal options? No, literally no one's going to be. But from the trade perspective, you have to wonder, you know, Tampa's gotten rid of so many draft picks. And this is where it's going to bite them, that Tanner Janot deal. I am all about what Breezeball said, that those draft picks are not going to help this team in their window of contention, right? Like, everything about that makes sense. 
But the fact is, when you start trading out so many picks and, you know, devoting them to one player, you might need them in the future. And here's that that situation where you feel like they can need them. Because if I'm Tampa, I'm doing everything in my power to try to get a Logan Thompson, you know, because you don't know how Vasilevsky is going to even be when he returns, right? He has this timeline, but what if his game suffers? What if, you know, he has setbacks? I don't think they can afford to not upgrade. So I would want someone like that who's on such a cheap deal. Now, I know that Tampa has never been in this situation before to have to manage a cap overage or long-term injury. <laughs> I know this is all very new to them. $17 million over cap. <laughs> How would you feel if they aggressively pursued Connor Hellebuck? Oh, my God. That would be wild. I can't see that happening. Well, I can see them stretching the lines, right? That would be smart. If you're not cheating, mm-hmm. you're not trying. And I know everyone gets mad that they did, but the loopholes exist and they just exploited them. That's what you should do if they're there. It, it's too tough to pay up, which I don't think they can have, they can afford to bring someone like that in. And then you have a situation, what do you do? Trade them at the deadline to the highest bidder? You're going to have no leverage because everybody knows that's what you're trying to do. So to have them for a year, I I wouldn't do that if I were them. But maybe you could try to talk to someone like New Jersey and say, are you sure you're good with Vitek Vanacek? Because we could take him off your hands at 50% salary retention and something like that could work and then try to push them to go for the Helen Bucks of the world. You have to see what teams are going to be looking at him and then who their backups are or who their low-end starter is that they want to upgrade from. Okay, this or that or the other thing. Um, if you could pick between anti-Ranta, because Carolina's got Freddie Anderson, Ranta, and Piotr Kachekov, so maybe there's, and well, there's one. <laughs> Anthony Stolarz, because I expect Florida to go Bobrovsky Knight, or Alex Lyon, because Detroit has him as a third guy. So if you could go Ranta, Stolarz, or Lyon, guys that are between 900 and a million five, like which one would you go with? I think I would go Lion. Um, I think yep. Ronta, you have too many injury problems to worry about. He is such a good goaltender when he's healthy, but that big if is something Tampa simply can't afford right now. Um, I think Stolarz is a very solid backup option. He was good in Anaheim behind John Gibson and they sure tested him, but I, I would think. You know, Florida can try to squeeze them a little bit, even though everybody knows Florida has their own cap issues. I understand why they'd want that third goalie right now, and they might, you know, try to make it difficult for a division rival to get better. So Lyon would be the one for me because I think we've seen high points from him, and it, it's not a huge sample at the NHL level, but we look at what he just did for Florida, and I'd be going, I yeah. want a little bit of that magic. Maybe you can hope that Bruce Eiserman connection works out too. And he, he would probably be the one I would go for because I think Tampa is going to be worse defensively this year that you need someone that you know can manage that a little better. Recognizing that these two names are beyond the salary threshold that you thought would be responsible for Tampa, and since you don't want to bring it up, I will. Uh, <laughs> how does Eric Comrie and or any other of the Sabres netminders factor into this discussion potentially and or how does Calgary and Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf fit into this conversation. If I'm Calgary, I'm not giving up Dustin Wolf because I have question marks about Markstrom. I think his season two years ago was absolutely incredible, but I kind of feel like it was a little bit above his depths, honestly. He responded great to his workload. He had all the defensive support in the world. He was in a perfect position to succeed. But when you look at the age and the rest of his career, and it's not just recency bias because of last year, because he did start to pick it up at the end of the year. 
I just don't think he's as high end of a starter as the Flames got from that really great year. So I would want to keep Wolf, but I would be willing to move Vladar absolutely if I'm Tampa and I'm if I'm Calgary and if I'm um, the Flames, I'm trying to get some sort of depth forward with a little bit of offensive upside from them. Like that's the trade for me that makes the most sense from Buffalo's perspective. Right. It's a little tricky because if you're the Sabres at this point and you're going into the season with three goalies, it's not not an ideal situation. Everybody knows it, but it's a little bit of a safety blanket just in case you need to put Levi in the AHL because the idea right here is prioritizing his development first and foremost. And I think a lot of us think he's going to thrive at the NHL. I think he, I really do think he's going to have a good season. And I think the Sabres are going to step up defensively to give him more support than any of the Sabres goalies had last year. But I think, you know, it could make sense too in the right trade if Buffalo can try to leverage Tampa's situation to really benefit from it. But they're a team that they have so many assets, so I don't think it's as stressful for them as maybe Calgary or Florida to make a deal and try to squeeze Tampa. I'll tip my toe in the water here, Duffer, just because you challenged me to do it. I Look, <laughs> I, I always kind of felt like Eric Comrie was going to be in Buffalo, and I think he's played well in camp, and it's only training camp, but he's got leadership, uh, he's got some experience, can help a Devin Levi. I think a guy like Lukanen may be more um, um, the, the, the solution maybe to try to say, hey, Tampa, we have a guy, and Devin Cooley, I'll tell you this, Shana, just because we're in Buffalo, and I think Devin Cooley will be a really good number three with the organization. He looked good in the game that they played against the Boston Bruins Tuesday night. He's a big goalie, did well in um, Milwaukee uh, in the American League last year. So I don't know that you know they lose really that much by losing one of their top three guys. So that's the way I look at it. But it's, it's a scary move to make because the day you make that move, then everybody gets hurt the next day and you're screwed, right? And you don't right. want to do that. Yeah, exactly. And it definitely could make sense for Buffalo to move someone like Lucan because I agree with you. I think Comrie might be the guy to stick around and be that, you know, one B or backup capacity. It feels like they could they could risk it, right? But every single move is a risk. And it's just about managing that risk and figuring it out because the Sabres have a big goal here and that's to take a step forward. And it's not as yes. reliant on goaltending, I think, as it is stepping up defensively. I think that's the big challenge ahead for the Sabres if they want to thrive this year but you don't want to put yourself at a disadvantage on day one. So it'll be really interesting to see how Tampa does it because, you know, any team could use it to their advantage. Tampa has young defenders too, that they might be forced to move. You know, if you could try to get a Taron Radish out of them, that is, I don't think he's going to be available, but I think that Tampa's going to be put in a really tough position here. So if anyone can try to just make life harder for them, and if you're the Sabres and you can do that in some way, it helps them fill the need now, but down the line, it's going to help the Sabres. Why not do it? Because that playoff spot could be one that you try to take from them. Exactly. We got, we're a little tight for time today, Shana. Real quick, do you have any secret Sabres sleepers from a fantasy standpoint on your work with the Athletic? Ooh, well, I, I think Jack Quinn's return is going to be the one I'm watching for. I think everyone kind of knows power play one is what you want to get, you know, get someone on. You want to get Owen Power, obviously, Cousins, Tage. Like, those are the players you want to jump at and tuck. But I think the one to watch is going to be Jack Quinn when he returns. And then whichever winger is taking um, the left wing spot of that line. That's like where what I'm going to be watching because I think that line is going to absolutely crush it this year. Uh, I guess you could try for Olofsson in the meantime and hope, you know, his shot's going to be as effective. It seemed like last year they figured out a good spot to maximize his skill set. But for me, it's just keeping an eye on that Jack Quinn slot and um, his return. I'm like diving at the chance. 
Would you draft him? Like, and just keep him on your IR until he comes back? It depends on league rules, right? Because in some leagues, you don't have IR slots, and on some of them, you only have one or two, so you don't want to throw it away yet. I think he's someone you can wait on. And I feel like if you're using an IR slot for someone, it should be like last year with, you know, Charlie McAvoy, this year with Andre Vasilevsky. Like, it needs to be that big-name player, and you still wait till later in the draft to do it. Shana, thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, this. Uh, well, hopefully you're getting the same fall weather as we're getting here. And we will talk to you. Uh, well, yes, well, sometimes it does rain. But, you know, you roll through. Shana's <laughs> a bright light of positivity. So. Perfect. Shana, enjoy the weekend. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks, you too. All right, we're back with Sabre News from the Skate today in anticipation of Game 5 of the preseason tomorrow. Stay with us. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Happy 60th birthday to the second highest point getter in Sabres franchise history, Hall of Famer Dave Andrichuk, who had 804 points with Buffalo before going on to 640 goals in his career and more than 1,300 points and ultimately a Stanley Cup with Tampa. The big man. Andy is 60 years old today. So all of his 600-plus goals were scored within five feet of the net, and that's what is so amazing. Know your role. Know where you've got to stand. And if if we had the advanced statistic right now, it would be so good to measure that compared to, like, somebody else. Goals by distance. Brent Hall, for example, is scored from further away. Yeah. But Tamo Solani, exactly. Yeah. Oh Andrew my goes per distance. Amazing. First amongst. And you know what? He does not, even though he does have the mark for uh, most tied for most goals in a game in regular season play. Andrew Chuck does. That was a five goal game, yes. which Thompson had this year as well. John Tucker has the playoff record with four goals in a game against the Bruins, and it's Tucker's 59th birthday today. John Tucker, what a goal scorer, and uh, you know was a one of those. Kind of player that you always want to see, you wanted to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. He had a f- bit of a flash to his game, and uh, that performance in the playoffs, obviously, with the four goals, um, we asked him about it a lot because he used to coach the Junior Sabres next door, yes. and we always talked about it. But uh, happy birthday, John Tucker, 59 this uh, 59, today. yeah. So what a tandem in Sabres uh, history, those two. Man, and then Reggie we're lo- Lemlin, we're watching on oh, MSG right Reggie now. Reggie just arm like, on the bar. Seriously, Reggie Lemlin, yeah. make a save, but uh, it worked out well for the Sabres. A lot Sabres. more fun on the nights that he didn't, and I, like I can Reggie. attest I was here for some of them at the odd when uh, things went awry for the tandem of Lemlin and Moog. Looking at the Sabres and how they skated today and what we're likely to expect, 
expect moving forward. Marty, a takeaway from, you know, Tuck hasn't seen action yet. Uh, he's been nursing a little bit, but was going full reps today. Take us through quickly the lines in practice today. Okay, well, we still don't have Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck together. Zach Benson is on the right with Thompson and Skinner. Greenway in middle stat with Tuck. Um, so that is a unit that's going to be interesting to see some size, especially on the wing. Paterka Cousins with Victor Olofsson, more of what we thought was going to be in the place of Jack Quinn. And Gergensen's Krebs and Oposo maybe more around out the fort line. And then you got Byro with Jostin Rusek, Murray with Kulik and Roseanne. So that's your forward. There is, um, is it, is that? 18, 18 fours, yeah, yep, 18 yep. fours. And then there's a group of 12 defensemen as well. It's starting to look more like your team. Darlene Clifton, Power Yorki Aryu, Samuelson, Eric Johnson, Davies and, and Sacconi are kind of rounding it up. And obviously today, Stillman and Clegg did not practice. No, they did, but Johnson and Bryson oh, they did, did not. Sorry, yes. I'm not reading the graphics properly. I'm not doing a good job. Look on graphic for, for final one. bullet point. That Wait, was the I one. I have to about. look at the computer screen. Don't and forget about goalie. our three goalie. Uh, three, three Four headed. goalie now. Huh? He's, he's in the battle. I meant the three of us. Yes. This guy might get more airtime on Tuesday, the way we're heading right now. I should have definitely gone the other way to be a duffer goalie Aww. catching right. Well, we did have show and tell today for Eric Comrie, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you Tuesday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.